Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Story Slam podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories recorded at our live events in Bristol, UK. All the stories you're going to hear are true and come straight from our audience. We release episodes every Thursday where you'll get to hear the next part of our recorded show. If you have a story that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear it. So please stay tuned till the end for more information on how you can do that. Make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast. And other than that, enjoy the show. Hi, welcome back to the Story Slam podcast. You're here with us for episode number 43. And it's part four of our theme of risks, the last part in this month's theme, which means that on Sunday we've got our Story Slam coming up 2pm at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol. If you're around, it'd be great to see you there. If not, of course, we've got the podcast coming out every week. So I hope you enjoy it. And for now, let's get on with the show. Let's do a drum roll for the next storyteller. Alistair D! Woo! Brilliant. And there's, again, no content warnings. You're all feeling very cheery today. You're not telling us about your darkest secrets. So... That's a bit suspicious. <laughs> I know you've got them. <laughs> um, a story about a time you took a risk. Went to a meetup group which involved going to the pub for a drink. All that needs to be said is it was an awkward meetup. Involved me going to the toilet and made a quick run for it. Oh. Um. Oh. <laughs> It's not today, is it? Because <laughs> we're doing our best. <laughs> um, no. Um, yeah, well, some, you know, you, it's well done for putting yourself out there. Sometimes people aren't worth it. You need to go home and watch, go home and watch, I don't know, what, what do we like to watch around here? TV. TV, yeah. <laughs> yes. Get in. Oh. And one more story before we have Alistair up. Coming here alone and stepping out of my comfort zone is a story about your risk. Well done! It's so great going to... Firstly, it's great coming to Story Slam, but it's so great going to events on your own and just thinking, I'm here because I'm interesting and like doing things, not to keep these people happy. Um, (laughs) But if you have friends as well, that's fine. Let's give a huge round of applause for Alistair. Okay, I don't take risks. I'm very risk averse. I'm, I'm one of those people who's like, can we go out, get really drunk, do stupid things, or stay at home, drink until we're sleepy, and go to bed? <laughs> I'm, I'm very much the bed focus. It's, it's safer, it's warm, and really, really comfy. Um, but I do like to ski. So I went um, skiing with some friends at university. It was part of the ski society. And I say it was with friends, it was people whose names I knew and maybe fancied a little bit, but I wasn't particularly close with them. Um, But I knew them, so technically it counts as going with friends, right? Um, We went on this amazing ski trip. We went to this place called Teens, which is um, part of a glacier in France. And it's one of the higher points that you can go skiing. And it's because it's around Easter where snow's starting to melt. There's not a whole lot of snow for skiing. Not ideal skiing situations, but do it anyway, because skiing, awesome. Um, So I go on this trip, and I try and go and ski with these guys who are 
way better at skiing. I can ski, I'm technically fine at doing it, but my, my form and my, my ability doesn't enable me to ski very fast. Also, because I'm light and tiny, um, you also can't go very fast, and you have to use your poles quite a lot to push you along and can't really keep up. I decided one day then, um, as a result of this, being kind of bored of always being a little bit left behind and losing everyone, that, fine, easiest way not to lose people is to not go skiing with them and just go off on your own for a day. And um, we were told not to do this um, because it's a glacier and it's dangerous. And if you ever find yourself in a dangerous situation, like if you've got someone else, they can go get help. And you've got to lean back on your skis. Do not take your skis off in case you fall through the glacier. So again, dangerous situation. And I decided I wanted to ski as much of the mountain as possible. There was three peaks, and it was a, an area called Val d'Isere. And so I, um, I got my little map out, and I was crossing them off as I was going along. There's um, four levels of skiing um, piste. So on piste is the place you're allowed to ski. Off piste, you're not really allowed to ski, but we do it anyway because it's fun. Um, green, easy, easy peasy. Blue, quite all right. Um, it's a bit more fun than green, it's less flat. Red's quite hard, a bit steeper. And black is very, very steep, um, very different terrains. And you're not really sure what you're going to get. Every black run is different. And if you go and ski in Canada, they also have double black diamonds, which are really intimidating until you find out it's just the same as a single black. And they just decide to make it more scary. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered on the far right of my map, so in my head, I can actually see the map. And I'm like, right there on the map, that's where I went skiing. I know it's completely useless to you but it helps me. So here on the map is where I'm skiing this beautiful black run. And it's, it's a black run where the only way to ski it is to go up a chairlift. And you have to sit on this chairlift, and it takes you all the way to the top. And your only route down is the black run. So if you get halfway down that black run and you decide, I don't like this, tough titties, you're doing it anyway. <laughs> um, so I did that run and decided, actually, it was my favorite run to do. Because it has some really steep bits, some really bumpy bits. You can do some jumps and kind of come back that high up, up to your knees, it's as far as the floor, off, your, off the floor that you would come. And then a really narrow bit where if you fall off, you have got a cliff face and you have death. So don't, don't fall, so don't do it, it's dangerous, yeah. And, um, and I did that, and I turned out it was a really, really fun route, and I did it a couple of times. And then I realized that now I have to go and do the rest of the mountain to be able to get home, it's getting a bit late. Um, and I started skiing down this really, broad expanse of slope and it splits sort of into a fork sort of straight down on your left is a run I didn't quite like very much and to the right there's a run as uh, quite flat is then it gets steep and it's just really nice fun safe route back and means that I can sort of ski to the bottom of my flat and I'm home without having to do any walking which is really cool unfortunately I wasn't paying attention on my way to take that turning and instead decided to ski between the turning onto off P. So we've got slope here, slope here, me through the middle. Just fuck that, just go right through. <laughs> I then realized that I was on what they told us not to ski on, which was the glacier. I just thought that it was all part of the piece of it and they just not bothered to, um, they have these things called snow bashes which push the snow down so it's safe to ski on, none of the snow's gonna fall if you stand on it, no mini avalanches, fine. I went onto the avalanche area and I was like, Okay, I'm doing all right. I'm just gonna start turning left and go onto the run I don't enjoy because my other option is up and going up on a ski slope is hard enough when the snow is staying still. When it's movable, 
not so easy. So I was like, I'm just going to start turning left, start skiing down, and realise I'm not actually skiing down, I'm just sinking. I was standing a minute, and now I'm literally just sat on the slope and a little bit trapped. Thankfully, I remembered all the training of do not take skis off. Just as my hand went to my ski, I went, no, don't do that. Okay, fine. And I just sort of had to slide myself down. It's almost like you're stepping down steps, but both of your legs are weighed down with really heavy weights and you're really weak, so it's really, really, really hard. I had to step down the slope. I did eventually manage to get off and I was just covered, absolutely covered in snow. I looked like a snowman who was, had a nice blue skin underneath. So I was, I was quite a pretty snowman, you know. Um, I did get off, but I realised that whilst I like skiing, that was a really, really stupid thing to do, and you need to pay attention when you're doing it. Um, so that was really it. I nearly, I nearly died in a glacier. Um, <laughs> and I still don't take risks like that. Next time I'm taking people with me. Anyone want to come? <laughs> Cheers. story Alistair the thing about we, there's always whenever someone falls over there's always a line of is it the kind of fall over where you laugh or the kind where you know it's really sad and they're really you're hurting and in pain and stuff but hopefully afterwards it's one you can laugh about yeah well done Alistair <laughs> our next story's teller is Megan G! Oh, amazing! Okay, and there's a bit of a sad content warning with this one, which is emotional abuse and self-injurious behaviour. Um, so I'll definitely do a few one-line stories before we, before we hear from Megan. Lovely. Ooh, we've not got many left. Okay, that's fine. A story about a risk. Cutting off certain friends as they didn't have a purpose in my life anymore. And there's a sad face, and then an arrow, and then a happy face. <laughs> yeah, look after yourself, don't look after them. Ooh, <laughs> they weren't good enough. You're the best, you should come here to the wardrobe. <laughs> and finally, before we hear from Megan, many, many years ago, I had to choose between Bristol Uni and working. I took a risk and chose Bristol. I'm not sure it was a good call. <laughs> Sometimes you, you're, you're still surprising me now because I thought that was a happy, so many times, oh. But <laughs> hopefully this individual Sunday is going well for you, if not Bristol. But let's give a huge round of applause for Megan. Hi, um, I've not told a story at Story Slam before, and this is pretty fucking dire, so sorry for bringing it down. Um, basically, this is a story about when risk doesn't pay off. Uh, so when I was, oh God, oh, this is very, very personal. I was like, oh, fuck it, there's no one in the hat. I'll put my name in, it might be fine. Um, so growing up, my, my mum's quite emotionally manipulative, which you don't really realise at the time until you meet other people's parents and then you're like, oh wait, that's not normal. 
they don't do that thing. But yeah, so there was a massive divorce and the massive breakdown and it all ended up with it ending up being me and just my mum living at home. And she coped by drinking quite a lot of alcohol every night and having a bit of a rant about various things, which would sometimes include how I didn't love her enough, which is not very nice when you're like 16, basically. Uh, so one night, I mustered up the courage to be like, no, fuck this, I'm done. I'm gonna like say it to her face, and just be like, no, not taking this. This is shit, not dealing with it. Uh, so I finally did that one night, but this was a two bottles of wine night, so probably not the best idea on two bottles of wine. Um, so it all kind of like massive row happened, and I went upstairs and called my friend and having a bit of a debrief, and then I hear this almighty crash in the kitchen and a scream of, I've broken a glass and I'm bleeding. Now, to this day, I still can't pin down whether it was accidental or a way to force me to come back downstairs and give her attention again. Which, you know, it's a conversation I don't think I'll ever have, to be honest. Uh, so, luckily at the time, I was a lifeguard and knew first aid. And my partner at the time was also a lifeguard and also knew first aid. Uh, so, I come downstairs, there's like shag glass everywhere and like blood all over the kitchen. She's like off her face. So just like parading around the house, like spilling blood everywhere. And so I then finally freak the fuck out and just go, right, I'm out. I'm calling my boyfriend. So he comes around and he basically finds a scene like from a film in a weird way where... Um, She's, yeah, so she's just sat on the sofa watching TV with like a little puddle of blood by her arm. And I'm like in a fetal position having a bit of a panic attack in the kitchen. So bless him. We'd only been going out a couple of months by this point. <laughs> uh, but like a trooper, he comes in and he sorts out my mum and he like calms her down and first aids her like properly. And he then first aids me, sorts me out and gets me water and sugar and everything. And then, yeah, essentially that was a bad situation. And then as we all know, like every situation that we have has an impact. So that means that now I've realized through a lot of counseling because everyone should go to counselling, even if you haven't had this sort of shit going on. Counselling is great. Go get some counselling. Um, essentially, it means that I find it quite difficult to kind of attack negativity in relationships that are close to me, because, of course, I then associate it with this quite nasty situation that happened, uh, which I then assume similarly will happen. But... It does mean that it's something I'm aware of now after counselling. So hopefully I'm thinking in the future I'll be able to chip away those sort of blocks that I get when I want to say something negative to someone that I care about. And um, that's all happening now in little ways. And I think um, it'll be good to just chip away in the future. But long story short... Um, yeah, just be patient with people because even if you're in like a surface like relationship, you don't know what people have been through and you don't know how they'll react to things. And 
yeah, just be patient with people. Yeah. so much for deciding to tell that story because it's oh that's yeah it was obviously really really hard to experience it when it was happening that alone telling us and the room about it um but yeah i think oh god yeah i'm just really brave of you to do that and just really glad thank you I'm really sorry, but this is going to have to be our last storyteller of the night because we're running out of time. Aww. But we'll make it a story. That's what it will be. <laughs> um, drum roll, lovely. Mark D. <laughs> and there's one content warning for this one, which is disability. Um, there we are. And I'll read out these two little one-line stories before. A few years ago, I went backpacking in Bolivia and decided to hike up a volcano on my own. <laughs> Huge risk as a single woman. There was no indications on, on the path, and I had to follow footsteps. <laughs> Once at the top, I discovered that the volcano was filled with natural hot water and had a beautiful bath in it. Oh. Definitely worth it. Oh, what was that? No, I thought someone said something. You were just starring. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, baths are also on the list of things I'm approving. Baths on a mountain, baths in your bathroom. <laughs> and one more story before Mark comes up. I quit my job before I had another job whilst in the midst of buying a house and going on holiday. I now have the house, went on holiday, and found a new awesome job. Take risks. Oh, <laughs> Jobs and housing, that's two out of two. Well done. Shall we give a huge round of applause for Mark? Hello there. How's everyone doing? Is everyone all right? Fantastic. I just want to give another round of applause for everyone who's actually had shared a story. They've been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> First time being here, and I'm absolutely nervous because I did not expect to tell this story. Uh, my name is Mark, and I was the one who smuggled stuffed peppers <laughs> into a karaoke bar. Now, you think, I'm actually gonna tell that story and I'm actually quite nervous about it because it's quite personal to me. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, what were in those peppers? <laughs> the answer is couscous. And <laughs> so I, re I, I, I love cooking for others and there was this massive event where everyone's gonna bring their own dish and then take it to a, a multi-phase chaplaincy and then play board games. And it was really, really good time uh, until it got cancelled. Uh, so I was just left with around about two dozen stuffed peppers and I was just thinking to myself, what am I going to do with these stuffed peppers? 
I didn't know. So I went to a friend and we just talked and I'm thinking, okay, well, give her a stuffed pepper or two, you know, you know, just give her it. And then, you know, it, it was meant to be like a one or two hour thing, meant to go home, return the peppers back to the fridge. One, that one or two hours with that friend turned into six and I was going to karaoke that night. So I thought to myself, well, I can't really stay and leave these peppers with a friend, so I just decided to just bring the stuffed peppers with me. And yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, so I just, uh, there was a bunch of people there. Um, I knew them from Bristol Improv. Um, that is the student uh, union. So Bristol Uni has a society called Bristol Improv, and I love them. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, I went there. It was a really, really good time. But I thought, okay, right, the plan was, I was going to go into karaoke, and I was going to be like, this the master plan, right? I was going to be like, sneak it in, to the karaoke bar, close the door, make sure nobody sees, and just be like, hey guys, I brought stuffed peppers. They were gonna be like, yeah! <laughs> it, yeah, and I went, I went to the lanes, and I didn't, I didn't know the room, and I saw the room was, I looked outside, and there was a massive glass window, and I thought, fuck, I can't really give these stuffed peppers with the staff noticing, it. just like, oh, this is, people give it out stuffed peppers. So, I th so the next stage of my plan, I had like two dozen stuffed peppers in my bag. They had to go. So my next plan was to talk to my friends in the toilet <laughs> for some weird reason. So I just like this absolute star called Alex. So I was just like, next to the urinal. And I was just like, hey Alex, you want a stuffed pepper? <laughs> and he just looked at me. And he was just like, he looked at me. Then he looked down and he thought it was some kind of euphemism. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, right, okay, right. So it was just like, you actually have stuffed peppers? I was like, yes, I do. I do have stuffed peppers. Um, they didn't go that night. I had to carry them all the way home. But on the way home, I was with my friend. I was talking to six hours, and it got really close. And I asked her, like, hey, I was only expecting to come one or two hours. What, what made us talk about really close stuff for six hours? It was like, oh, yeah, it was just that thing you did two weeks ago, flashback, flashback to two weeks ago. So it was Bristol Improv, uh, annual general meeting, out with the old volunteers, in with the new. And there was a new role called uh, equality officer. Um, and I didn't really think much of it because I wanted to be treasurer. Um, office politics, yay. Uh, so I, I really want to be treasurer. I went up on stage saying like, hey, I really like maths. I'm really good with numbers. And I did my spe a speech, people put in their votes, and I didn't get it. And I was devastated because I, re I really love improv. It's so good. I'm improving this right now. I have no idea what's going on. So, <laughs> so I, I just, okay, I was, I was devastated there wasn't going to be part of the committee. And I just, in the interim break, I actually found out that there wasn't anyone who volunteered themselves for a quality officer. And I looked at the rules, and it said you actually had to be part of a minority to be volunteer to this group. And I've, I suppose I've always been risk averse. Um, I've always been tried to want to fit in. So I see like other people getting drunk, kissing each other, usually of the same sex. And I'm just thinking, I'd rather not, I'm okay. I'd I'll just hand handle this Diet Pepsi. So I just thought to myself, you know, I'm just gonna take the first risk. I'm going to sign my name on the equality. And it was really nervous and I just said like, I, I, I never told anyone this, and it was the night where I told my deepest, closest friends. You know, I went up on stage, and I said, hey, my name is Mark, you've already heard from me already, but I've been, um, I'd never told anyone this, but I was diagnosed uh, with autism about three years ago. 
And I thought my initial reaction was, everyone was just gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, I'll see you less. So I, I carried on, I went through with my spiel, and I just broke down on stage. And I, I expected silence, but in return I got applause. My, I, I thought through my entire life that if I showed the true part of myself, that people wouldn't love me. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah, no, thank you. Um, and uh, I'm very, very happy to be wrong. And I, I am a quality officer for Bristol Improv, and I'm, I'm just very thankful that there are people out there who can accept me for all my ridiculous, weird choices with bringing stuffed peppers into karaoke bars and all my weird stuff I do. So, yeah, no, you've been a wonderful audience. Thank you. It's after half four, and that's when we finish. Um, I'll read out these final one-line stories. Um, I, I can, yeah, I'll read them first, and then we'll do announcements, just in case we end on a really, really sad one. I was going to my head, but you know, you know me. <laughs> in January this year, I took a massive risk. I broke up with my abusive partner of six years, who is also my full-time carer. God. Navi navigating the social care system whilst newly single at 21 was a challenge, but I've blossomed. I can't even imagine what any of that f feels like to have to be so vulnerable to sort of break up with your carer like that, but you've obviously been so brave, and I'm so glad you're here. Whew. Um... I forgive my, ooh, no, I forged a few. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forged my teacher's signature on the last form for my Duke of Edinburgh award. <laughs> Luckily, none of the other teachers noticed. <laughs> oh, that's sort of high stakes, isn't it, D of E? Because <laughs> at school they tell you, if you don't do D of E, you won't get a job. Your parents won't care for you. Do D of E. <laughs> um, so good thing you forged it, yeah? It's all true. And finally, I got invited at my boss's house and I didn't expect what happened next. He offered me to participate into a foursome with the HR director and another colleague. I busted out in rage. Yeah! My career was ruined for good, but I still have my integrity. just really horrible and no one should ask you to do that without you wanting to I'm really um, well thanks so much everyone for coming today <laughs> um, we are here next month as we are every month on Sunday the 20th of August at 2pm 
third Sunday of the month, as always. Make sure that you are following us online if you would care to, and you can listen to the podcast if you did miss any of our stories. I want to give a huge thank you to our photographer, our tech team, our amazing box office, everyone who helped escort people in and that sort of thing, but most of all, to our storytellers, because you've all been fabulous. And that is the end of our show for today. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to tune in next week for more true stories told live on stage. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at speakeasystoryslam at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook where you can get more news about the slam, but also see photos from the event. Um, also, if you'd like to tell us a story in person, then please come join us for our live events. They are every third Sunday of the month at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol, UK. We can't wait to see you. So from everyone here at Story Slam, have a great week.